Welcome to Wake Up with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, your source for helpful information, advice, and tips to live your life in a mindful way in this increasingly chaotic world. For over four decades, Dr. Douglas has been teaching people how to develop their intuition and live their lives in a conscious way. His news and views of the world tomorrow today are always informative and revealing. To learn more about Dr. Douglas, be sure to visit his website, douglasjamescottrell.com, where you can download self-help exercises you can do right in the comfort of your own home. And now here's your host, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Welcome back to Wake Up. This is Douglas James Cottrell speaking. I'm here tonight with my good friend, Les Hubert. And as we continue to explore the spiritual life here in this uh, podcast, uh, we hope we uh, are able to help you understand some of life's questions. And here we are tonight to talk about what's on the menu tonight, Les. Well, tonight, Doug, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to live a spiritual life? Well, you know, in these times of chaos, people are trying to find a baseline. They're trying to find sensibility. They're trying to find answers. And, uh, you know, even quantum physicists are talking about how all matter or what we consider matter is actually electromagnetism, which means there's no solid substance, which is another way of saying that all life is actually spiritual. What does it really mean to live a spiritual life in these days, in these modern times? That's really a tough question. It's like saying um, to a blind man, who asked, uh, tell me what it's like to see, uh, or to someone who uh, um, is blind and they say, tell me about color, what's, what's color? It's relevant, it's individualistic, yet it's constant. And there are certain, uh, I, I wanna say laws, but it would be better to say, there's a certain currents that we live uh, in and through that surround us each and every day. The purpose of coming into the world is our individual reason for our existence. And when we're here, we have free will and free choice, which basically means you can do anything that you want to do because you have the life and the power to do it to your limit or to whatever excellence that you have to carry out what's in your mind. I guess you can say that the spiritual life is being able to put limits on desires, being able to be compassionate, to limit your selfish tendencies, to learn how to cooperate with other people, learn how to live in peace and in harmony. Because in that great responsibility you have where you can do just about anything, well, you can do anything, anything you choose to do, you can harm or you can help. There's nothing else. You either harm or you help. You can be of service or you can be self-servicing. You can enjoy all the pleasures of the flesh and live in hedonism, or you can be unselfish and enjoy all the pleasures of being of service and helping others, which I think is on the road to a spiritual life. There are many injustices in the world as we know it, but there is no injustice in God's eyes, God Almighty's eyes, in the universal understanding of justice. Because the condition of having free will and free choice is that whatever you put out, you give out, you sow, 
as in sowing seeds, that comes back to you. And sooner or later, if you keep throwing out difficulty and harm, and that keeps coming back to you, even the most stubborn individual sooner or later realizes that this is not a good way to do things. Whether it takes one life or a hundred lifetimes, sooner or later you come to that revelation, you're in the wake up and you don't even know it, and you realize that, hey, I'm, I was hurting somebody over there and now I got hurt over here, I didn't like it, so maybe I shouldn't do it to anyone else ever again. And so the spiritual life is one of constantly assessing your life, reviewing what you've done every day, reviewing what you have accomplished or done in your life. If you can live a life without regrets, then you lived a charmed and perfect life. Haven't met too many of those people around here these days, or in my lifetime for that matter. But if you regret something, remember that regret wipes out the karmic debt. But as you go through life and you learn from your mistakes, you begin to understand that it's okay to make mistakes. And that's a spiritual life because you're going to make mistakes as a human being, but don't be afraid to make mistakes and don't be afraid to learn because those people who are afraid to make mistakes are afraid to learn. And that is part of a spiritual life. It comes down to taking a certain responsibility for yourself. You're assessing yourself. You're attempting to do the right thing all the time. And you forgive yourself when you slip. The word sin, for instance, is an archery term in ancient times. It means to miss the bullseye. The arrow sins, it goes off the mark. Well, that's what happens in life. When you sin, you're off the mark. But that doesn't mean that you're going to burn in hell's uh, damnation and, and flames and fires. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that you made a mistake and you've recognized it. And so being able to recognize when you're off the mark, again, is part of the spiritual life. Wake up. As you continue to assess yourself and to grow, you become aware of your individual responsibility to yourself, to others, and to the universe or God Almighty. And then you become aware that you're just a teeny tiny little single granule on the beach, a granule of sand, and you're on a beach with thousands, millions of other little granule pieces of sand. And the waves coming in might take you out into the ocean again, or they might push you further up the beach. That's the will of the universe. And to be in harmony with that, you become, in a way, ability to detach yourself from material things. You attempt to put yourself in positions in where you're in harmony. You avoid discomfort. You avoid any kind of combat or disruption, argument, where you know that this is not going to be beneficial to anyone. Now, justifiable anger is not what I'm talking about. When somebody provokes you and you're angry, it's okay to be angry, but you don't call them names. 
you don't be you don't berate the people who's who have caused the difficulty. You stand up to the strong when they're in the wrong, but you make concessions for the weak. And if it's somebody who has, is strong and they've done some harm to you, then it's your job to battle back, but without malice and without revenge in your heart. When you realize that they didn't know any better, you forgive them and you move on. And you don't keep thinking about it in your mind all the time. And that's one of the things to have a spiritual life is not to allow the boogeyman to keep coming up in your mind. Oh, I should have done that when I was 14. I shouldn't have done that when I was 20. What was I thinking? And then to avoid guilt and this guilt that drags you down into despair. This is when you continue to feel the sense of, of, of extreme guilt that you've done something wrong, when in fact it might have been a small infraction. And as long as your understanding of it, that it was wrong, that you've learned from it, whatever the circumstances that happened to get you to that point, were actually the teachers and the lesson that you had put yourself in to experience to come to that point of understanding. That is a spiritual life. Again, constantly assessing what's coming to you, always attempting to be self-reliant and contributing to the world, not to be dependent on the world. You have to be uh, independent, self-resourceful, and self-fulfilling and contributing to the world so that when you pass on, you've accomplished the goal of making the world a little better place than it was before you came. So in your wake, you can look back and see all the good things that you did. You might be able to see some of the things you might not have done or the errors that you uh, experienced, but again, were they not your teachers? Because in a spiritual life, you learn by your mistakes and you apply them in the future. There was a story about uh, God's most favorite, most favorite prophet made every mistake in the book only once. And that's how we should look in our spiritual life as to say, okay, if I make a mistake, I'm going to learn by it. I'm going to endeavor never to do that again because it's a mistake, something I don't want to do. And I'm going to continue in my way, my path, in my path, my way, and I'm going to develop myself into being a better human being, a more loving, kind, kind compassionate individual. So those terms have consequences. To be loving doesn't mean that you love everybody, including those who are your enemies, because there will be people who will hate you, be angry with you, will not be your friends because you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too this, you're too that. And so even in church, where everybody is supposed to be loving and brotherly and sisterly, there are people with jealousies and animosities, etc. So you attempt to be the best you can be, and you understand that people are not going to accept you for whatever reason. So you don't enter into the people-pleasing mode. You learn how to say no. You do what you want to do, and when you choose to do something extra in helping people, that's a bonus, but it's something that you do in addition to your being of service to other people beyond yourself. So it comes down to you being a ordinary, 
self-supporting, educated, experienced person, contributing to the world, learning by your mistakes, having an attempt to cope and hope and thrive and survive by your own hands. You might say in ancient times, you could be a scholar and you could learn great volumes of information, but you still had to make a living with your hands. In other words, you could be a carpenter and you could be a scholar. And to this day, many of these people here in the world are the same. They have great knowledges, great philosophies, great understandings, but they're still able to make a bench or to fix their car or to paint a house if they need to, or even clean a house. So the combination of all those things is very simple when you look at it as you are on a path to experience physical life. You should be able to sustain yourself, make a living, provide for yourself to the point that you also have extra so that when you have extra, you can help people who have not or who are in trouble. And at your will, you can choose whom you want to help. You don't have to help everyone. You don't believe somebody else's beliefs just because they tell you or they bully you or they do something to manipulate you. You attempt to have a freedom of mind, your independent thinking. And as you begin to explore the spiritual worlds through meditation, through dream analysis and dream interpretation, you write down your dreams, you consult with other people who are wise, you go to people who are achieved and you say to them, how'd you do that? And you learn from them. You attempt to put yourself in a position where you're not coveting somebody else's success or somebody else's material assets or position. That you don't feel low and you don't feel high. You don't feel above everyone and you don't feel below everyone. If you do that, and those simple things that come back to you being all you can be, you will have hope. And when you're in trouble, you pray to God Almighty to send an opportunity or someone to help you, to provide for you an opportunity or a solution to get out of the difficulty you're in. And then when you see somebody else in a difficulty, if it's within your power to help them without any thought of reward or comp compensation, and you do, then that's what you're giving out. You're helping wherever you can. And whenever you get in trouble, help will come to you most likely from the least likely place you ever would expect. And when you're in that harmony, when you're living your life to the best of your ability, irregardless of how many mistakes you make, as long as you keep attempting to live that life and strive for what you believe is correct, moral, and proper, you will be successful. So that when you look back, you can say, I didn't leave anything undone. I did everything I wanted to do. I chose to give my life here to be of service there, but I also lived my life fully through the years. Well, we'll be right back after this brief message. You think about you and your family's health every minute, every day, not just when sick. 
We believe healthcare should bring results and rejuvenate the body. That's why Dr. Douglas James Cottrell compiled some of his best tips from his readings into a book, The Complete New Age Health Guide, Volume 1. From nutrition, anti-aging, and skin care to serious disorders and diseases like autism, PTSD, and cancer. Find out more at douglasjamescottrellstore.com or buy a copy on Amazon today. And we're back with Dr. Douglas. Doug, I've heard you say before that uh, you have an expression, you know, humans as you know humans. Being human, is that opposed to being spiritual? Is there a difference there or is it one and the same? What is a human, right? Is it not a spiritual force inside a physical body? Is it not uh, what we are as an entity? We're many faceted. So when the phrase humans, as you know, humans, that would mean that human beings, as you know them, that means that there is a whole lot that you do not know. And so what you're seeing is what you're expecting. There's a limited point of view in your understanding, but that's all you have. You can't go beyond your, your point of view which can be considered your value, not theirs. And constantly the conflicts in life, the arguments, the debates, sometimes the fights, and even the wars are all based on someone attempting to put their values on everybody else. What right does anyone have to do that? None. Now, people in positions of authority, uh, perhaps somebody has a business, or in government, there are certain organizational rules that are set up to accomplish whatever the person who owns the business wants to accomplish. And by going there and being willing to be of service to the employer, you basically get paid for your time there, but you're expected to do what the employer wants follow the rules. The same in government, the same in society. As we live in a global village, each of us in our own place, we somehow learn the rules of where we are. They're different in different parts of the world, but they're very similar. So we sort of learn how to get along, how to behave in public, how to behave with each other. And so those implied rules are basically behavior and the behavior is expected and taught to us from when we're very little to when we get older. And then of course, some people don't like the rules and they like to rebel and they want to make it their way and you end up with conflict. But if everybody has a mind to compromise, to be loving, to be somewhat, let's say, desirous to get along, if they will it, they can. It's only when people don't want to get along or they break their promises. Mahatma Gandhi once said that good business is simply businessmen keeping their promises. So as we go through life, if we know how to live within the community that we live, we know what's expected of us. We hold up our end. We contribute to the society. We don't detract. It was President Kennedy who once said, Ask not what 
your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. A statement that'll live for many, many years because it's so true. So in the understanding of you know, spiritual life, it's a matter of self-evaluation. It's understanding your values and keeping true to your values and being honest with yourself. And wrapping this up, Doug, I, do you feel that science will ever confirm the existence of the spirit? Okay. I think it was the, the um, Dalai Lama who said, scientists measure volume, mass, weight. To understand the spiritual realm, you have to develop different instruments to measure that. So I, I think it's basically, if the scientists were to develop these tools to measure the spiritual aspects and have knowledge of it, then they could determine it. But when one is trained to look down and not up, you can't see what's above if you're always looking down. So again, we don't need science to prove what we already know. We don't need science to tell us what we know in our hearts. That there's something inside of us that's miraculous. We have dreams that can see the future. We have feelings that something's going to happen, and then it does. Something occurs to us in our thinking that it's about to happen, and then it does. Can science measure those intuitive abilities to see the future, to perceive the, the future, to perceive the future and to understand it? No, because there are people who say the future is not here yet, so it's impossible to perceive it. Well, if you had a dream and it came true, you had a feeling and it happened and it, you had a, something that popped in your mind and then what was in your mind happened, you are perceiving the future. So with this understanding, we know what's inside our hearts. We don't need any further explanation or confirmation from anyone because science itself is flawed. Science is the attempt to measure and prove something that already exists. Have you ever noticed when inventions come along? Is it the inventor that invented the thing? Or did the thing always exist and the inventor just became aware of it and was the first one to become aware of it because nobody else did. Very true. Very true. Matter of fact, uh, uh, somebody had once said, if they can prove the existence of spirit, then they can also prove the existence of God, which would be a real problem for science. Well, thank you, Doug, for another great podcast. And we'll be back soon with, with more information and, and more, uh, more, more to share. Good night now. Okay, everybody, don't forget to go down to the bottom of the page, give us a four or five star, and also remember to subscribe to Wake Up Podcast. This is Dr. Douglas James Cottrell and Les Hubert saying we wish you health, wealth, and peace of mind. Until next time, good night. Mm -hmm.
Thank you very much for listening to Wake Up. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And we'd greatly appreciate your review of our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to let others know about the great content we're producing. For more about Dr. Douglas's self-development classes, books, and other related products, please visit his website, douglasjamescartrell.com. Until next time, we wish you all of God's blessings, health, wealth, and peace of mind.